0: Welcome to the Caregiver's Toolbox, tools for everyday caregiving. We provide education and information on senior care topics. Here's your host, Ryan McGinnis.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Caregiver's Toolbox, tools for everyday caregiving. We give you education and information on senior care topics. My name is Ryan McGinnis. And I am here with Janet. Janet, how are you?
0: I am great, Ryan.
1: Janet, I mean, we're going to be talking about today the four different types of in-home help. And there are multiple different types of in-home help that can be provided for people, ranging from uh, lower cost end all the way up to extraordinarily expensive and high end cost. Um, But there are four general types of help that you can get um, when it comes to getting help and assistance in your home for your parents um, when they might be um, declining a little bit and need some extra help. And the first kind um, is companions, kind of the the basic start of needing some help. And and basically, um, I'll let Janet speak a little bit about this, but companions um, are there to do things that... um, or general wellness, but they don't shouldn't be getting into personal care, they shouldn't be getting into the side of uh, uh, the intimate side of providing care for somebody. So, Gina, what are your kind of thoughts with companions?
0: Yeah, I think the personal care is a good distinction in that someone, um, and we've talked in previous podcasts, people with falls or fear of falling, they may actually be pretty independent, but they live alone, and maybe someone needs to just be in the house while they. Um, safely take a shower or whatever, Mm -hmm. or they want someone most common to take them to the grocery store or to appointments Mm -hmm. or um, even just helping out with some things. Maybe they they really like to cook, but they can't. Do the whole thing themselves, and it's almost like a joint effort. And the companion's like a sous chef, um, or takes them out to the library, or goes for a ride. And we have a couple people now that are really psyched because it's warm weather, and Dairy Joy is going to be open, so they can go for that that hot dog and that ice cream. And these are people that um, have experience in dealing with the elder population in terms of things like someone's hearing may not be that great their vision may not be that great um but they and they are attentive to that it's not just like we go out with our friends and we're walking down the street and we're not necessarily paying attention to what they're doing so it's that kind of a thing and they will make observations that if they see someone is developing some kind of an issue you know they they report that back
1: Absolutely. And so, I mean, you're dealing... Very rarely does anybody call us up, and I'm guessing nobody, because of the cost involved that says, well, my mom's lonely and I just want somebody to sit with her and read and, and play checkers or chess or whatever it is. But... You're dealing with with the the components of some general wellness, like you mentioned, meal preparation, making sure the house is tidy, making sure that laundry and linens are getting cleaned on a regular basis, and putting back um, and having eyes and ears on somebody. So, you know, a perfect example is that if you live in New York City and your mom, you know, lives up in the Boston area, and you're not available all the time to go make sure everything's okay, but you like to make you know your nightly call to her or whatever it is, you have somebody go in there three or four times a week for a few hours a day to do the laundry, to do the mm-hmm. upkeep on things, get the mail, take out the garbage, those basic kind of tasks that we take for granted. And then also you get a little bit of social yes. socialization involved with it as well, where somebody's around for three, four, five hours a day, two to four times a week that, you know, the friends coming over that they they enjoy each other and um, making sure that mom is safe while also getting some socialization and making sure that the house is still um, up to snuff and tasks are getting done. That's perfect for a companion to do. Another area is the, the big one is the transportation. Yep. Escorting somebody out, whether it's to medical appointments or whether it's to um, uh, uh, chores, or or getting their hair done, or whatever it might be,
0: or the church. Or... Yep, yep.
1: So that's kind of where your companions will be um, for that. So so the second type of um, aid that you would have would be a home health aid, and a home health aid is is specifically um uh, uh, specifically in private home care. Um, companies like Minute and Women. Um, and you were in assisted living. Are home health aides allowed in assisted livings, so or do they have to be CNAs? They have to be CNAs. They have to be CNAs, which I don't really understand that way. That makes a whole lot of sense, but that's fine. They have to be CNAs. <laughs> so, And I'll explain the difference between home health aides and CNAs. But home health aides basically are individuals that have gone through training. I believe it's 75 hours of training, um, in this area, Red Cross does a lot of them, but there are also for-profit training centers that will train people into being home health aides. It costs a few thousand dollars to go to, and after 75 hours, you uh, get your certificate for being a home health aide. And that allows you to specifically work for private home care agencies like Minute Women Home Care and all the other ones that are across the area from you know, coast to coast. Um And so a home health aide, you know, is going to be different from a a companion because of
0: personal care,
1: personal care. So um, why don't you go into kind of the things that a home health aide does for us on a day to day basis at Men and women?
0: Well, personal care tends to be things, as we all know, bathing, which can be showering, can be a sponge bath, can be um, just assisting the, someone who may be physically um, sort of independent, but because of dementia, they need cueing. They need to be reminded of each of these steps that they have to do. But part of their training is um, is very much safety awareness and making sure that the person has what they need and that they um, don't put themselves in a position to slip and fall. Or in the case of someone falling, they know how to do the, the most appropriate thing to ease someone to the floor. Um, so, And also dressing. And they learn things about if someone has a weak side because they've had a stroke. They know what order to help someone dress. Uh, if someone needs to wear certain um, stockings for circulation, they those those things are a bear, and there are tricks to making that work. Absolutely, and, and we go through those kinds of things.
1: Yeah, so you're you're definitely there's definitely a, uh, a level of training that comes yep. with uh, being a home health aide. Now, you know this is this is slowly working its way out because of the population is aging. We certainly still have a few home health that we treat as home health aides that don't have the certificate because they've been doing it so long. They're grandfathered in as far as we're concerned and they get obviously great reviews. But the vast majority of newcomers to this industry and by newcomers I mean people that are 50 and under are have their certified home health aid. And and additionally uh you know to go back to companions a little bit, you know, you'll find that even certified home health aides as they get older don't want to deal with the transfers anymore. They don't want to deal with the 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 um, adjusting people in a bed. Their back maybe isn't as strong as it was, or or they can't get over because they're aging themselves, and then they become more of a companion role yeah. than they do with, as a home health aide. So, so you're you're going to have um, home health aides almost um, guaranteed when it comes to. Uh, private home care industries. Mm-hmm. So then the next, the next and the third, the third type of, of in-home help that you can get is a CNA. And a CNA is a certified nursing assistant. And um, we do have CNAs that are work here at Minute Women as well. So if you are a CNA, you can not only work in a, a medical facility or an assisted living, but you can also work in private home care as well because the training overlaps. Um, and that's why I was confused why home health aides aren't allowed in assisted livings, because assisted livings are a non-medical model. So some of the things that a CNA is allowed to do, I don't believe a home health aide, I don't believe that a, in an assisted living they would allow them to do that. Um, but I could be wrong.
0: Yeah, I mean, it does get very gray. And I like to to differentiate the two in that a CNA is something that someone gets certified for a certain period of time and then they need to get that renewed so if you're dealing with a facility or whatever they have a means of monitoring the training and the tracking and that type of thing uh there what and there's a um a health aid registry where people could monitor those things home health aids used to be in the nurse's aid registry and now things have changed so it's not it's the cnas and and whatnot but um the uh the cnas um they they tend to work in more supervised environments the Absolutely. home health aids are the ones you find in the home and even under the the medicaid um, or medicare umbrella of visiting nurses they have home health aides, yep. and they're being supervised on a regular basis in training. But the, the CNA, it's, it's really a matter of, I think, that, that license. But the what they call the scope of practice, what they can do, is really very similar. It
1: is similar, and, and where the big differentiation comes is when you're dealing with more medical-related tasks. And these medical-related tasks are are closely supervised by a nurse, meaning a nurse is on-site, there's always a nurse on the shift that they can they can come to, so for example, you might even have a, a cNA taking vital signs. you might have a cNA maybe changing their dressings, changing or cleaning catheters, trying to help control infections um, these general tasks that you and I can very easily do for a loved one because of insurance and liability reasons we, you need to have a certified nurse who's overseen by a uh, by an RN or an LPN to do these tasks properly. So if something does go wrong, you do have a medical professional there that can come in quickly and adjust whatever needs to be adjusted. Well, a home health aide could be in somebody's home for weeks or even a month at a time in some cases, or maybe indefinitely depending on the agency And never have a nurse or somebody come out and visit and see how things are going. You know, sometimes some home health aides might only check in on clients via a phone call. So you don't have a, you don't, you are not mandated, I guess I should say, to have a specific amount of supervisory visits when it comes to home health aides, which is why they can't be doing anything that is close to medically related, because if they are and something goes wrong who's going to find out about it. Yeah. That's, that's, the, diffi- that, that's the big difference in difficulty with, with having a CNA with a home health aid. So if you're looking for in-home care from a private agency, you're going to get a home health aid because the CNAs aren't – even if you get a CNA in there, they're not going to be allowed to do the things a CNA could normally do while they're at a nursing home because there are no medical-related tasks that a private agency is going to be allowed to do for a client – including changing addressing, um, If that needs to happen, you need a nurse to come out there, you need to go to an urgent care, or you need a family member to do it because for liability and insurance reasons and because of credentials, not allowed to do
0: it. Yeah, and I, I think that one of the things that I have always found interesting is people think that CNAs are a higher level of training, if you will, um, and a lot of it really overlaps and it's that scope of practice follows what's known as the Nurses Practice Act and they decide what AIDS can and cannot do. But one of the things that I find interesting is if you have someone that's been through a CNA program and they have worked in a nursing home, they have worked in an assisted living and that's been their environment, they may not have the, um, the camping skills, as I like to call it, That home health aides do because home health aides, by definition, they work in the home. And I try and explain to people that home care versus hospital or facility care is the difference between staying at the Marriott and going to a campground. And if you have an issue and you step out in the hall in a hospital or assisted living, you can ask for help. Mm -hmm. If you're in a home and there's you have a question, you step in the hall. You're in the hall. Yeah. So the mindset and the, the level of um, thought process sometimes is uh, a, a good seasoned home health aide tends to be really good in terms of independent thinking. And um, I find that they can articulate oftentimes situations just because they're used to having to be by themselves more often than not, like in an assisted living.
1: Absolutely. And then the final type of in-home care that you can get is, is actually nursing care. And this is by far and away the most expensive type of in-home care you can get, um, but there are people that want it. And, you know, the nursing care, I don't know how I want to phrase this, the nurses can obviously do a lot more medical-related tasks than a CNA and a home health aid can do. How often those tasks come up in the home, I don't think occurs as often as maybe some people think, right? So, so you, I think when people are hiring, and it doesn't happen often, and we don't offer it because it just doesn't happen enough. They want a nurse in their home around the clock or for eight hours a day or whatever it is. They just feel more comfortable with somebody. They have the means to pay for it. I mean, you're talking this is costing upwards to $100 per hour. Um, so they have the means to pay for it and they want the peace of mind that a actual nurse is sitting there with their loved one rather than somebody that is a home health aide that has gone through 75 hours of training versus a, an LPN or a registered nurse that has gone through quite a lot more training and has medical, um, experience as well. Um, now maybe somebody's out there is like, well, my situation, I needed, you know, I had to have nursing care in my home because mm-hmm. of X, Y, and Z. And I'm sure there are those um, those situations that um, occur. But um, in the instances that I've heard about needing and wanting nursing in the home, it's more of a preference than it is a necessity. Mm-hmm. So, So that is another option that you do have with um in home help is going you know basically the Bentley route and and instead of buying the Honda or the Accord the Honda Accord you're going for the the Maserati and the Bentley and the Lamborghini and you can get in home help which is comprises of nurses that are going to be coming in for the care that you need um for however long and time that you need that, I mean, have you had heard of those situations and, and seen those situations where nurses come in?
0: Yeah, and I I think you know, and and it's a struggle because, like you say, the cost is is very high. But whether you're um, in home or even in an assisted living for people that are diabetics that need. That can't handle their own insulin, Um, people with uh, certain feeding tubes, things like that, you know, there are some things that they think going to an assisted living, they could do it. And we we often get calls about someone that is at assisted living, but they need someone to do their insulin daily. Can they come out twice a day? Well, a caregiver cannot do that, a home health aide or a CNA. And because it's not a medical model, the uh, assisted living doesn't either. So it's a matter of needing a nurse to do that, you know? So that, that's one of those quandaries that we live in.
1: And it is a quandary, but that also doesn't justify getting 12. Like the, the nurse, the nurses that I've met had that, that, that that do that type of work with in the home care, they're on, they're, they treat the job just like a home health aide would in the sense of they're looking for hours. They're not looking for onesie twosie hours. They're looking for eight and twelve hour shifts. Because they're doing this to keep the lights on, pay the rent, and, and save for retirement. This is right. their, their their profession. And so when, when I've spoken with them, and both of them that have been females, they've said, you know, on the rare occasion we have to do nursing stuff. But 98% of the time we're doing what a home health aide could do. But yeah. this person, for whatever reason, wants a nurse in their home rather than a home health aide in their home. And they want that peace of mind that we have the medical experience to be able to handle um, different situations. But she's also admitted it's like if something comes up that's serious, I can't do it in the home anyways. we got to go to a medical facility anyways. That's we right. have to go to an emergency room so or a hospital or wherever we need to go because I don't have the proper equipment to be able to do whatever it is that I need to do in those situations. So it was kind of a funny conversation to hear that. I was like, wow, that's a lot of money to spend for, for, you know, uh, for, for a very expensive home health aid. But you know, there are people out there that have that kind of money and there, there are people that want to spend it, you know, that's, that's what America's for. You can spend your money any way you want.
0: There you go. And there's some people that basically want to run a hospital in their home Absolutely. for some folks. And maybe it's a matter of monitoring breathing and, and and all kinds of things. And I've gone into homes where there's the hospital bed in what used to be the den, and they've got pumps and tubes and oxygen and, and everything. And that kind of thing, yes, it, the very fact that those things need to be monitored by someone that has the clinical expertise yeah, you would need a nurse. You wouldn't want to um I was, out there. I was
1: just reading an article, uh, because I'm a big F1 guy. I like watching Formula One. And uh, Michael Schumacher had a uh, uh, a devastating injury about, God, no, it's got to be 10 years ago, maybe even more, where he was skiing up in the Alps. He was wearing a helmet. And I think he took a bad fall, and he smacked his head on some rocks. And if the helmet hadn't been on, he would have passed away. Um, and he's been in a... a They've been very private about what his situation is, but we can only assume that the more private you are about a medical situation, probably the worse that it is. You know, people don't don't want to hide the fact that they're doing great. You know, they, they, <laughs> that's true. So, that is very true. So it is it is assumed that Michael Schumacher, who he was he was basically the Tom Brady of of Formula One racing. He he, he set records and he was an all star, superstar. Um, That he's bedridden, basically, and he has limited functionality, uh, not only physically, but I believe mentally. I think he's basically very close to being in a vegetative state. Maybe he's somewhat conscious, but, you know, there there was clearly brain damage. Clearly, he's more than likely never going to recover, and they are paying 115,000 pounds a a week for around-the-clock care for him. They said since his injury they've paid over 20 million pounds in care, which I know pound. I don't know the exact ratio, but dollars is even more. So you're probably talking right. like $22, $23 million yeah. or in around-the-clock care. So I can only imagine what kind of medical bed they have in there, what devices they have. Um, obviously they have nursing staff in there. But I'm bringing it up because you just – they basically have figured out because he obviously is worth hundreds of millions of dollars or whatever he's worth they've figured out a way to have basically a hospital uh-huh. room in his in his yeah. in his room and in his house a hospital room in his house and they're willing to pay for it and and you know, by all means, he, he obviously never thought he was going to. His wife never thought he was. She was going to have to spend that money on such medical bills. But he's fortunate enough that he that she believes that they deserve the privacy, which they absolutely do. Yep. And she's going to keep keep him in the home as long as I think she possibly can. So.
0: Yeah, and you have situations like people with ALS. Yeah. You know, and ALS is is such a tragic situation because a lot of times the person. Mentally, they know what's going on, but they have all kinds of other issues, and those things that need to be done to to maintain the best they can for their quality of life that's beyond the scope of a home health aid or a cna you know so there's there's those kind and then of course there's always people like uh you know the bushes you know they had their all their people in the house when both Barbara and George with his Parkinson's and her with her issues, and they had round-the-clock nurses up in Kennebunkport because their care is not something that um, could be managed just by home health aids.
1: Absolutely. So there are always going to be those certain situations, but I also think that you know, those the ones that we bring up are certainly one-off situations where you need that help, and to make a, a, a viable business out of it, there's got to be a certain percentage of people that just have the means and they want the nurses regardless of whether they need actual uh, uh, nursing care versus whatever type of care they need. So anyways, those are the four different types of in-home help that you can get. Uh, so um, hopefully you're you're clear on the different kinds and just it's companions, home health aides, CNAs, and nurses. So thank you, Janet, for your input, and thank you all very much for listening to the Caregiver's Toolbox, and we'll catch you on the next one.